Hey, this is Mark from the Boring Bible Cast, and we want to be a resource for your daily Bible reading. Join us as we discuss any topic related to the Bible, and especially those that help grow your love for the Word of God. February 19th, 10.45 a.m. I decided to do a solo episode today as I stayed home at church. Stayed home from church with a sick baby. I wanted to read Ephesians chapter 1 that we may worship Christ and dig into the Bible. I'm going to read Ephesians 1 verses 1 to 10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. But there are some skeptics out there that doubt what the Bible says. Such as scholars or any person when they read Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, they would doubt that the apostle wrote the letter to the Ephesians. This question comes down to, do we believe scripture? Do we believe we have the word of God today? Or will we doubt when it says Paul, that Paul didn't write it? I don't take that argument. I've read, I've read articles and commentaries, and there's no convincing case that shows that Paul did not write this letter. It's fully convincing that Paul wrote this letter. With that said... Paul is writing this letter to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. And when the Apostle Paul uses the word saints, it makes me think of the Catholic Church or the Roman Catholic Church and the way they have set apart saints with the term saints. Saint Paul, Saint Augustine, Saint Ignatius, Saint Mary, Saint Peter. The scriptural witness is that every believer in Christ Jesus is a saint. Brother or sister, you are a saint.
when the Bible uses the term saint, it does not set apart a special holier-than-everybody-else category. When the Bible says saint, it refers to all believers. And that's such good news to our souls. He also gives us a introductory greeting by saying, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever he uses the term from God, grace and peace from God, he's using authority language. Paul has complete authority and he is under divine inspiration to write this letter. And there's no other there's no other option. And he begins his letter to the Ephesian church or to the region of Ephesus with praising God. I feel like that's what we need. We need to begin our days. We need to begin our even conversations praising God. And that's so hard for me because I'm a complainer. I'm a pessimist. And I know that I have the hope of the gospel. And that is good news. Something that we will see throughout the letter of the Ephesians. That God is to be praised above everything else. And we see that by how Paul starts his letter. I know I read the passage at the beginning of this episode. But it helps me in my mind that as I'm going back over to study it, to read it again. I'm not going to read every verse, but just the verse 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed, which means good words, which, which means praise. We are to esteem to give good words to God the Father. Why? Paul says, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Brother, sister, we have been blessed. You see those shirts. You see people say hashtag blessed. But usually that means they have a good family. They have a good bank account. They have a good job. Or even if they're going through trouble right now. They are blessed because they have something material. The Apostle Paul wants us to know that we have been blessed by God with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Notice it doesn't say with every material blessing. Some think that God blesses us materially and that's who he is and that's what he must do for us. But he, Paul says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so what are these spiritual blessings? Paul gives us what these spiritual blessings are in the following verses. Verse 4 says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, it blows my mind and it reaches beyond what my mind can fathom that God chose me before he even founded the world. Before Genesis chapter 1 happened, 
God the Father had chosen a people for himself. And this dives into the Baptistic or Presbyterian notion of a covenant of redemption. That before the foundation of the world, the Father had planned out salvation history. He had given the Son a people, and the Son had said, Yes, I will live and I will die to bring these people to you, to me. And then the Spirit will apply that salvation to God's people. And what's the purpose of this? Why did God the Father choose us in Christ before the foundation of the world? Notice the word that. And I'm reading the ESV just to make sure we're on the same page. So if your Bible says something else, like so that, just know that the ESV renders it. That we should be holy and blameless before him. Which we are. We have been set apart by God. When we are born again, we are set apart from the world. We have a new mind, a new disposition, new affections, new will. Though we still have remaining sin and the struggle still happens. Just like the ark with Noah. His family had gotten on the ark. But there was still something that lasted after the water had wiped everything out and that was sin we still have sin in our life but we are holy and blameless before him we have been clothed with the righteousness of christ if you have indeed rested and received and believed in the lord jesus christ what better news to know that we don't have to be righteous ourselves but we have been given christ's righteous robes to cover us so one day you know when we get to heaven what will we have to boast about what will we have to be able to say this is why i deserve to get in there's only one thing i have christ christ is mine i am christ's and that is worth more praise than any human lip combined all seven billion or however many people as of 2023 there are every human mouth combined will not even be one drop in the ocean of how much praise that god deserves but one of the craziest facts about this passage and including the whole section of verses 3 to 14 is that in the greek in the Greek, it is one full sentence. 202 words, as the ESV expository commentary says. This may be one of the most jam-packed sentences you could read. I believe if you spent days in 3 to 14, you would continue to want more. Because God's word is that good. God is that wise that he has divinely inspired fallen men yet righteous in Christ men, to write such things. We see after the thanksgiving that this blessing, it's, it's typical of Paul's letters. We see 2 Corinthians 1, 3-7. We see phrases like in Christ, in him, or in the beloved. It occurs 11 times in the Greek, even though 9 times in the SV. 
we should, as I'm doing now, consult people that are smarter than us. And I have to admit, there might be 7 billion people that are smarter than me. And I find extreme help from anything that Crossway publishes, including the ESV expository commentary. Which, as we go through Ephesians, I will, I'm sure, quote a lot more. And the glory that we should see today is that we are chosen in Christ. Beloved, there's no one that can take you out of Christ. Your sin can't take you out of Christ. No human can take you out of Christ. No Satan, no, no devil can take you out of Christ. You are Christ's. You are Christ's. You can rest in him. You can remain in him. There is no consistency in your Bible reading or consistency in your prayer life that can take you out of Christ. You don't have to, as someone even argue, which I would speak against, you don't have to speak in tongues to stay in Christ, to be put in Christ. The only thing required for you is that you believe in Jesus, that you would rest and receive in his finished work. Even repentance is not necessary for salvation because, as the Reformed tradition argues, repentance comes after salvation. Faith must be evident in the heart in order to repent. And now, repentance is a lifelong practice, says Martin Luther, but repentance is not necessary to be saved, but repentance will follow salvation. My soul has been so uplifted by my dear brothers at my local church. As you said in the last episode, the local church is so important for our Bible reading. Find a church with a pastor or an elder, lead elder, whatever your church terms it, that goes through books of the Bible. Right now in my church, we're going through the book of Luke. And it's been an extreme blessing. But if, if you're spending weeks and weeks going through topics, you will not be enriched the same way as if you're reading verse by verse. So I encourage you that today, brothers. Seek and find a local church. And stay in it. There are brothers and sisters all around you that can help you and you have gifts that you can give to the local church. But you are in Christ. What greater truth is that than you are in Christ? The passage I quote to myself the most often is Ephesians 8, Romans chapter 8. Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. A guy like me, I'm a dad, I'm a husband of three kids. I condemn myself a lot. But I continually bring myself to Romans chapter 8, verses 1. And I also bring myself to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 4, that I have been blessed in Christ. Whenever I get attacked by my flesh or the devil or the world, 
it's so essential for me to quote gospel realities into my life, into my mind, so that I don't stray from who I am. I continually come back that I have been chosen by Christ. Not to build up my pride. I have nothing to boast in. I bring nothing to Christ. He gives me his righteousness. He clothes me in his righteousness. He justifies me. He sanctifies me. He regenerates me. Justification. He makes me right before him. I was wrong before him. I was a child of wrath. He slams the gravel down and says, Just. But not because of who you are, but because of my son and what he has done. I have been sanctified. I have been set apart. I have even been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I will be sanctified. The progressive becoming more like Christ. Living unto righteousness. And one day I will be fully sanctified with Christ. With an earthly tangible body. And a new heavens and a new earth. And these are all good news. This is all good news. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. And so as we open up our Ephesians study, I want us to focus in on Christ as we are chosen in him that he should be praised. And now I want to end with a prayer with prayer. That our minds may be set on Christ. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that we have. We want to pray that our hearts would beat for your glory. That we would know in our hearts and our affections that we have been chosen in you. We rest in you and in your finished work, knowing that we have no righteousness of our own, but you have given us your righteousness. May you continue your work in our life this day. In Jesus' name. Amen.